The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. And today's Gospel makes me think about something that I learned in confirmation. Now, you may think it's strange that I recall anything that I learned in confirmation because it's been a long time. Uh, But... uh, I got a refresher in confirmation every year while I was teaching it, and that's why I I remember what it was I memorized. Um, And it's Martin Luther's explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed, which begins, I believe that I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel enlightened me with God's gifts, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, the Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it in union with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. I don't think that most of us actually believe that. I don't think that most of us believe that we cannot, by our own understanding or effort, believe in Jesus Christ or come to him, and that the Holy Spirit has made us believers. We think that believing is an act of the will. I decide to believe and I confess Jesus Christ and Lord. It's not that the Holy Spirit has called me to do these things. Peter's confession in today's gospel, though, is an amazing thing because it flies in the face of that kind of thinking that we tend to have. Jesus had been preaching, teaching, and healing, but he had not yet accomplished what makes him the Messiah and Savior, the one we worship. He had not yet died and been raised. So Peter's confession was a bit premature. It's as if the words came out of Peter's mouth without him fully understanding what he was saying. And we know from the Gospels that this was kind of typical of Peter, that he would engage his brain after he said things that came out of his mouth. He didn't necessarily know what it was he was saying when he said it. But Jesus' response to this one was, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood, meaning people, has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven and on this rock, the name Peter means rock, uh, I will build my church. 
Peter did not believe by his own understanding or effort, Jesus was saying, but by God's revelation. And so as if to prove this, in the next section of chapter 16 of Matthew's gospel, Jesus predicts the events that will lead to him becoming the Messiah and Savior, that he will suffer, be killed, and after three days be raised from the dead. And Peter objects to this description so strongly that Jesus calls him Satan. The words of belief may have come out of Peter's mouth, but he did not understand fully what it was that he was saying and what those words meant. We don't believe by our own understanding or effort either, but by God's revelation through the Spirit, which is at work in the church. You know, the church, it's said that the church can die out in one generation because it's always us hearing from someone else about the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings us into association with the church, which preserves not just the memory of him, but the gospel of the salvation and the promise of eternal life that we have in him. It's because someone else has invited us. We've been, the Holy Spirit has been at work through someone else or other people or a whole congregation that makes the difference. It's God's Holy Spirit that calls us to gather here today, that calls parents to bring their children for baptism and that motivates our growing and giving as Christ's people. What we believe is revealed in God's word and in the sacraments of baptism and Holy Communion. As we gather, we're, we're called to confess Jesus as Christ and Lord, even though we may not fully understand what that means for us. Making this confession of Jesus as Christ and Lord is the church's purpose. We exist because Jesus was raised from the dead. The church began to meet separately from the synagogue on Sundays to celebrate Jesus' resurrection because Jesus was raised not on the Sabbath, the Saturday, which was the Jewish day of worship, but on Sunday. And this is the reason that we baptize. In the very early days of the church, before the development of the doctrine of Trinity, people were baptized in the name of Jesus, the one whose death and resurrection makes him Messiah or Christ. And we baptized and are baptized so that we can make this confession today. Our faith formation efforts are about learning what this confession of Jesus as Christ means, how we can speak his name and live as his people. Confirmation, baptism, journey groups, Bible studies for adults are all to help us integrate making this confession of Jesus as Christ into our lives, to help us make Peter's confession our own and thereby fulfill the church's purpose. But we do not do this just on our own understanding or effort. The Spirit of God is at work in and through us and in and through the body of Christ, the church, to encourage and to enlighten us. Glenn grew up in the church and as a child was taken to Sunday school, went through confirmation, even attended worship during college, but 
had a skeptical approach to life that he inherited from his father. As an adult, Glenn was never very active in his congregation, but took his children to worship and went through the motions of being a believer, at least half-heartedly. I'll just say this, this is typical of men. Um, and it's because of one of the differences between men and women that um, men's religion tends to be about doing. It's why men are on the property and finance committees and dominate those things, because it's tangible. Um, it's like something else, you know, the, the way men and women grieve differently. Uh, women want to talk about it. Men want to destroy something or build something or go back to work. Um, it's just one of those things that's different, typically, about men and women. But in this case, when one of Glenn's children became critically ill, he became aware that his own effort at belief was inadequate. He confessed to a friend, I believe in Jesus, that he lived and died, that he was a good man and taught us important stuff, but I don't know about the resurrection. That, that's a little hard to swallow. His skeptical nature had gotten the best of him a long time ago, and at this critical time, he found himself unable to pray, unable to believe that his prayers were heard or that they would make any difference. His friend asked what difference the church made to him. Glenn just looked confused by the question, what do you mean, he said. Well, his friend said, the church is a living witness to Jesus' resurrection. It exists because God raised Jesus from the dead and is at work in the world through God's spirit. Your personal belief isn't very important. It's being part of a believing community that matters at a time like this. The church believes for you, in a sense. Listen to the words in the prayers and in the hymns at worship. They can become your own. This takes us back to the beginning of Martin Luther's explanation of the third article of the Creed. I cannot believe by my own understanding or effort in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with God's gift, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, the Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and preserves it in union with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. Believing is not our work, our effort, but God's action through the Holy Spirit. Peter's confession was not his own. A few verses after today's gospel, he objected to the news of Jesus' upcoming death and resurrection. What would make him Messiah or Christ? But he became a leading witness later on because of the power of God's spirit at work in him and in the life of the church that surrounded him. God in the Holy Spirit is at work in and through us and in and through our life as a congregation, calling, gathering, and enlightening us so we can grow as God's people and give the best we have to give, which is the good news of Jesus, who is the Messiah, because God raised him from death and promises to raise us also. Amen.